Hi friends, welcome. Thank you for joining me here this morning. I'm Micah. I'm one of the pastors here at the Vine Church and I'm honored to get to be with you today. So let me catch you up a little bit on where we've been and where we are headed. So three weeks ago, I introduced a series in 1 John. We looked at John's life experiences walking with Jesus as one of the apostles as we were kind of setting up then the letter that he'll write to followers of Jesus sometime later. Now, it was our intent to move directly into this series in 1 John. However, just after that, uh, our leadership team made a decision to postpone services for two weeks. Now, the Omicron variant uh, COVID cases were spiking here in our community, and our teams were stretched thin and people tired. So we uh, made the decision uh, to take two weeks to rest and to let that uh, spike pass. And by the grace of God, we are so thankful to see uh, COVID case counts just plummeting right now in our community. So we are excited together again this week, and we're anticipating beautiful things to come. I am so excited to see uh, the confluence of, of reduced COVID rates and uh, spring and sun and opportunity to be outdoors. We are really looking forward to what's ahead. So this week in our in-person gathering and here online, we're going to dive back into that series in 1 John. And we're going to do that in somewhat of a unique way. Uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced this in a church service uh, before, but we are going to read through the entire book of 1 John. Now, there's a number of reasons that we do this. First of all, it's easy to get caught up in individual verses and words, and uh, sometimes we miss um, the big picture of what's being said in a text. And so to do justice to this book, we feel like it's going to be best to go ahead and to listen to it in a single flow all the way through. Now, in addition to that, we're going we're gonna to hear some different things. We're going to experience the text in different ways by sitting and listening to it from beginning to end. Now, this is the way a first century person, a, a follower of Jesus, a church member would have experienced the text. You see, it's kind of maybe a, a bit of a lost art, um, but in the first century, John would have either penned or had a scribe pen uh, this letter on um, a scroll. Now, in time, scribes would duplicate this, and it would be distributed to more and more churches and spread throughout the region and the world. Uh, however, these documents were very rare and very coveted. And so what would happen is the church members would come together in someone's house, maybe in a courtyard there in their family complex. Uh, the church would gather there, and someone would stand up and say, we've received a letter from John. And then they would read it to the audience and the people would sit and they would listen. Now, this is a very different experience than what we uh, what we're used to today. Uh, we're very visual. And so we watch TV. And often when we're reading scripture in church, we'd be following along in our Bibles or often it's on a projector screen there in the auditorium. So what we're going to experience today is uh, kind of the discipline of the practice of just listening to God's word. Now, today uh, we're fortunate to be joined um, by Kerry. Uh, he's one of our resident scholars and a trusted friend uh, here at our church, and uh, he's going to do our reading for us. For the most part, he's going to uh, be reading out of the NIV, 
although in a few places he's going to use some other translations um, or ideas um, to better represent, as we just listen to the text, to better represent the original Greek and, and what was being conveyed in this letter of First John. So without further ado, I invite you to sit back and to listen. And, and listen as we do this, particularly for repeated themes or words or phrases that, that stand out to you as you hear God's word. So, Carrie, take it away. I'm about to read the letter we know as 1 John. At the time this was written, it would not be easy to get a copy of any writing. So the way believers would have encountered it would be by hearing it read aloud in the gathered church. And they would have heard it in its entirety. This is a letter from the Apostle John, one of the twelve, from Jesus' inner circle. He's now quite old, having lived in the vicinity of Ephesus for several decades. He is one of the last living eyewitnesses of Jesus. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may also share in it with us. And we share it with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have something in common with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light... As he is in the light, we have something in common with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as he did. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. His truth is seen in him and in you, 
because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, 
and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but shuts up his pity toward him, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, We know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask, because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him, and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit he gave us. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard is coming 
and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God made his love visible among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony 
But God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his son. Whoever believes in the son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony that God has given about his son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. If you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give him life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that you should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. We know that we are children of God, and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true by being in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. All right. Thank you, Carrie, for reading that text for us. You know, that was one of our primary goals today is just that we hear God's word. As you listen today, what did you hear? Were were there phrases or ideas that stood out to you? Were there repeated themes that you noticed, wow, this must be significant as uh, I hear him speaking time and time again to it? Now, today, as we finish out our time, I'm not going to spend a lot of time going into details because we're going to we're going to go ahead and spend a number of weeks and months uh, digging into the details of this text. Today, I want to just maybe highlight a couple of the themes or things that might have stood out as we listen to the text today. Uh, One of the themes that you heard a lot about was love. John speaks over and over about Love. Now, this might seem natural, but he has some incredibly important insights and things to tell us about love. After all, God is love. Jesus says the greatest commandments are to love God and to to love your neighbor. Uh, Love is a theme throughout Scripture, so it seems natural that John then, speaking to a, a first century audience, would be reminding the church that love is the way of Jesus. Further, uh, he speaks a lot about light and darkness, and we'll go into some detail about the significance of what he's he's dealing with and what he's trying to illuminate. That's kind of punny, right? Uh, What he's trying to illuminate for us. So he speaks of light and darkness throughout. He also speaks of knowledge. He's always working towards a conclusion, like, because this, 
you can know this, right? He's always moving us in a direction as he makes these arguments and he tries to explain to the first century thing, church things about Jesus. And finally, I heard a lot about the Spirit, uh, the Spirit of God, and and God working through the Spirit. Further, uh, he speaks in a ton of detail about the identity of Jesus, which was somewhat in question. Uh, We'll talk about Gnosticism and some of the beliefs that he is responding to there in the first century. So for today, I'll leave us with this. Uh, I'll leave you with this um, encouragement. Today, you got to hear God's word. You got to hear scripture. As John, a witness of Jesus in the first century, wrote this letter, uh, both correcting some things, some misunderstandings, and some heresy within the church, as well as guiding us towards what it looks like to walk in the way of Jesus, uh, to walk in the light, to be confident in our knowledge of who Jesus is, to find faith, to believe in him, to put our hope in him, and then to walk in the ways of Jesus. And particularly, he speaks time and time again of love. So in the week ahead, we uh, we invite you, uh, consider what it looks like to walk in the way of Jesus, in the way of love. Further, I'd invite you spend time in God's Word, specifically in 1 John, as we go deeper. Look for those things that continue to stand out to you as you read in your personal time. If you want to re- reach out and have a conversation about it, please do. And in the weeks to come, know that we'll be gathering both on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the church, and we'll continue to post our conversation about 1 John here online. Thank you for your time with us today. I'll pray as we close out. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the time that we have. Thank you that we get to hear from John, hear from your word, hear from scripture. And God, may we be transformed as we invite your word into our lives as the spirit continues to work. God, God, give us confidence, give us knowledge, give us faith, belief. Uh, God, help us to be rooted in who Jesus is uh, and and what he's inviting us to in our lives and in this world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, I pray that you have a great week, and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye.